Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. Today I am doing another episode of Mentoring Moments and the topic is why you are the best teacher for your child. I am really excited about this topic because I think it's a struggle. Pretty much every homeschooling mom deals with at some point or another, or on an ongoing basis. But before I dive into that, don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Check out my blog, DorindaWilson.com, and make sure you check out my podcast, because I'm about to celebrate my 100th episode, and it's going to be a fun time and a great giveaway and some really a really practical topic. I'm going to be talking about reaching the heart of your child. So I had... I was wondering if you guys um, are like me and you like to listen to things while you're working. Well, this week, this month, the month of December, I am doubling up on podcasts. So make sure you listen in while you're wrapping gifts or baking or whatever. So here we go. I'm going to dive in to talking about why you are the best teacher for your child. Now, I have talked to countless moms who, and whether they have a degree or not, none of them feel qualified. I have never had a homeschooling mom tell me, oh, I feel qualified to teach my child. So this is really um, true almost 100% across the board that we all struggle with this. And I think it helps to know that we're not alone. But again, whether we have a degree or not, none of them, none of us really feel qualified. Okay, but can we just talk about what does that word actually mean? I actually looked it up today. It, it, the definition is officially recognized as being trained to perform a particular job, certified, okay? So let's think about that word um, officially recognized. Officially recognized by whom? The school system, the government, a university, a board of educators, my neighbor, my in-laws, who do we feel like we owe an explanation or are accountable to when it comes to our kids' education? As Christian parents, we are ultimately accountable to God for how we raise our children. When we stand before Him, it will be we who will give an account not a teacher, not a politician, not a neighbor, a friend, or an in-law. Think about that. This responsibility falls squarely on our shoulders, whether we send our children to school and allow them to be under someone else's um, teaching and instruction, we are still ultimately accountable for our own kids. So this makes us officially recognized by God for the well-being of our children, their health, their education, their character. Yes, we want to and we should abide by the law to the best of our ability, absolutely. But ultimately, we will answer to God for our decisions. And so I'm just gonna leave that there. But for those of us who do not have a teaching degree, and I am one of them, I just have a high school diploma, um, one of the reasons that we can feel so inadequate is because we are comparing ourselves to a standard that actually doesn't really exist. So stay with me on this. 
Ask any homeschooling mom who does have a teaching degree, and she will likely tell you that her education has been more of an obstacle than a benefit. I can't tell you how many homeschooling moms who have a teacher degree, teaching degree that have told me that. I think, and we've talked about this, part of the reason is that when it comes to teaching our own kids, the investment is much more emotionally involved. It's much deeper and it feels more far-reaching. So when she realizes that her children aren't thriving using the methods that she was taught to use, she must dig deeper for direction. She has to do what we all have to do, degree or no degree, bring our children before the throne and ask God for wisdom. And then we walk out what he leads us to do. So our kids' well-being is not only our God-given right, but it is also our responsibility. We need to think about this. God created our kids. He knows them better than we do. And as Christian homeschooling moms, we have immediate and full access to Him for the wisdom and the resources to do this job. So I'm going to digress for just a minute here because I think it's important to think this through just a little bit deeper. So did you know that the decisions that are being made regarding how and what our children will be taught in the traditional school system, in other words, curriculum, testing, etc., those decisions are made by politicians without teaching degrees, without training in child development, and most of all, without any personal care, concern, or love for our children as individuals. Now let that sink in. Now teachers may care about our kids and want them to learn, and I believe a lot of them do, but the bottom line is that they have to meet certain requirements of the school system. So ultimately, they have to be thinking about their performance and how they look in the eyes of the bigger system. How does that affect their teaching? There are amazing teachers out there, but the best ones that I know will tell you that they are incredibly frustrated with the system. In fact, statistics show that most teachers say that their mental health is suffering because of the pressures of their jobs, and most of them are looking for other work. That is a fact. Okay, and these are the people who are teaching children in school. So if this is true, that teachers can't really teach effectively and politicians um, without teaching degrees and without experience in child development and who don't know and love these kids are making the educational decisions for them, then why can't we make those decisions instead for our own kids. Doesn't that make sense? Okay, those decisions are being made by politicians, people who don't have a teaching degree. But what's even worse is that they don't have the love, the connection with our kids that we do. Okay, that makes all the difference in the world. 
Do you understand that? That is, that is the game changer right there. You, you are invested in your children more than anyone. So who, you know, who loves our kids more? Who knows them better? And who is more fully invested in their futures than we are, right? So I have been communicating recently with Michael Ramey, who is the executive director of parentalrights.org. I wanted to have a guest on my podcast who would talk about and address parental rights. And we were kind of trying to nail down what our topic was going to be. And I wanted him to specifically address the parental rights that are being trampled on in the state of California. So I really want to speak to my California listeners, but I also really wanted him to address parents in general because this generation, um, and I mean, this includes myself. I think I'm a little bit, uh, probably a little bit removed. I'm talking about the next generation that's coming up. All of you who are currently homeschooling, maybe starting homeschooling and not at the finish line like I am, you have been raised to, to believe that you really aren't capable or qualified to make a lot of decisions when it comes to raising your kids. You're not qualified to make medical decisions. You're not qualified to make health decisions. You're not qualified to make educational decisions. Um, really, that's best left up to the professionals. That has been ingrained in you, through the school system, through our culture. This is just, this is, this is part of the world we live in. So I want, wanted him to address that in the podcast. So we do plan on doing that, and that is going to be in January. And it was very interesting because he just shot an email back to me with this quick little response, and I want to share it with you. You've probably heard that it takes 10,000 hours on average to become an expert in only one thing, in any one thing, sorry. Did you know that the average parent, now get this, you guys, will spend about 16,000 hours on their child by the time that child reaches the age of six, that literally makes the parent an expert on her child. So to reach 16,000 hours on the same child, the school teacher would have to have that child in their classroom for all six hour periods, for all 180 days of the school year, for 16 years. And that's just to reach the point that mom or dad reached by the time the child was six. You guys hear that? By the time your child is six, you are an expert on your own child. So that alone right there qualifies you. But I want to share something that I wrote in chapter three of my book, The Unhurried Homeschooler. I started this chapter out saying this, we taught our children how to sit up, walk, talk, and eat with utensils. So why do we freak out when it's time for them to learn to read? And I find it interesting that about the time it's time for them to learn to read, you are an expert on your child. Isn't that fantastic, you guys? Isn't that encouraging? 
So this all makes sense that we would be in the best position to facilitate our kids' learning. And that's what we're doing, you guys. We are facilitating what God is orchestrating for our kids. So let's talk about this for a minute. I have mentioned that there are essentially two types of education. There's lots of different ways to educate, but they basically all fall under two categories, the Greek method or the Hebrew method. And the Greek method is what you see in the traditional school system where the teacher just disseminates information, gives instruction, and the, the, the student just carries out the instruction and repeats back the information. So it's, an, it's, it's a, you know, information in, information out, testing, all that kind of thing. That's basically a Greek method. The Hebrew method is far, far different than that. The Hebrew method is about discipleship. And what discipleship is living alongside one another. It is doing life together. Not just the information, not just the book work, but life. You're walking alongside of each other. You're eating together. Um, you are talking throughout the day, having conversations about different things that come up. That is the Hebrew method of teaching. It is discipleship. In Deuteronomy 11, verses 18 and 19, it says this, so commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Now, can you feel the discipling that's going on there? Can you, you can just sense it. It's this, you know, talk to them. It's this conversation. It's at home. It's when you're on the road. It's when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. You get the idea. It's living life with each other. It's not simply filling our kids with knowledge, but growing them in wisdom and in godliness. So the original question that was posed to me by um, a mom that brought this whole uh, topic um, to the surface and, and uh, it kind of inspired me to do this podcast and this Facebook Live was this. She asked, why do you feel equipped to be your children's teacher? Can I just say that I didn't always feel equipped? I still don't always feel equipped, but I shared with our son the other day, you know, our feelings lie to us sometimes. They don't always tell us the truth. And God says something else, and it, it's clear in the things that I've already shared and um, what we're talking about today, that that we are called, and, and God qualifies the called. He doesn't call the qualified. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in just a minute, but here's the thing. She asked, why do you feel equipped to be your children's teacher? And the truth is that I never really saw myself as my children's teacher in the sense that they were like a blank slate that I was writing on. Instead, I have viewed my kids as individual people, pre-wired with unique personalities and gifts who came to me wanting to learn. In other words, I didn't have to make them learn. They would learn on their own. 
and I would simply facilitate their learning. And what I mean by that is basically that I would um, be be the one to help direct and to help them find resources and things like that. But I would also um, just give them this time and space that they needed to explore and experiment and do things at their own pace. Doesn't mean they never had to do anything hard. Doesn't mean they were never on a time crunch. Um, But when it came to learning, we took a more unhurried approach, especially in the early years. And I share that in my book, The Unhurried Homeschooler. But the bottom line is that kids are natural learners and they are curious by nature. So they come to us wanting to learn. Our job is just not to burn them out by putting ridiculous standards, all kinds of pressures and stress on them when it comes to learning. Because when our kids equate stress with learning, um, they lose that love of learning. And so that's what we want to, we want not to happen. So we think of ourselves, if we think of ourselves more as facilitators of their learning, we realize we don't necessarily have to teach them everything. So much of the time we can follow their lead. So if you think of yourself as a facilitator, um, it helps so much. And again, there are times that we teach, definitely times that we teach, but much of the time we facilitate their learning. And it's a combination of being tuned in to God and tuned in to your child. And this is exactly why you don't have to know everything in order to give your kids a great education. From the beginning of our homeschooling 24 years ago, when we started 24 years ago, I felt very strongly that my main job was to give our kids the basics. And what I mean by that, I wanted them to be able to read well, to write, you know, um, I wanted them to know basic math. I wanted them to have the basics so that they could continue to learn whatever direction um, God led them on their own. Encourage them to be lifelong learners. So here's the thing. Gave them the basics along with the five most important things we taught our kids that I talked about in last week's Facebook Live and in in a previous podcast. Um. And I trusted that they would take it from there, and they have. So I'm 24 years into this, six kids graduated out of eight so far, and these kids have taken the basic skills that I gave them, and they went different directions. But the important thing was they had the basics, and then because they had that love of learning, and they were resourceful, and they had work ethic, these things I talked about in... uh, the five most important things we taught our kids, those are the things working together that have helped them um, take it from here where I'm. they have taken ownership of their education, they've taken ownership of their life and their life decisions and they've taken it and they've run with it. And it's been so amazing to see, but it came down to understanding that I was more of a facilitator and and I needed to trust their natural ability to learn and to trust their um, that they were curious by nature and to be tuned into them and tuned into God. So what really makes us qualified to be our kids' teacher is mainly 
that we love them more than anybody can or ever will. We will always be more concerned about their futures and more invested in their lives than anyone. And we should be. This is the very thing that motivates us to go to the ends of the earth to make sure that our kids have what they need. You guys, we can figure this out. If we're constantly worried about whether we're qualified or not, we never make it to the next step, which is figure it out. You know, we tell our kids when they come up to a problem, we say, we say, okay, you can figure this out. You can do it. We need to tell ourselves the same thing. We need to tell each other the same thing. Instead of trying to give each other um the answers as, as homeschooling moms when we're having these conversations, which we can throw out suggestions, but we need to leave room for each mom to make the decision that she feels is best for her own kids. What she really needs, what all of us really need is for us to be telling each other, you've got this, you can figure this out. So anyone who has done their job, you know, anybody who has a career, an effective, successful career, or is really good at their jobs, or makes great accomplishments, they don't give up when things get hard. When people face challenges on the mission field or in ministry, they don't just call it quits. So we need to, we need to have that same um, resilience. We need to have that same perseverance and that same mindset that we can figure this out out. And obviously we're going to do it with the Lord's help, but the enemy would love nothing more than to discourage Christian parents specifically with this lie that we aren't qualified to teach our kids. And again, with every lie, there's always a little bit of truth there. So let's go back to talking about being qualified, okay? What does that mean again? Officially recognized as being trained to perform a particular job. Certified. I'm going to say what I said before and what I say practically in every Facebook Live and in in a lot of my podcasts, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So if you are called to homeschooling, and I am confident that you are, He will give you everything you need. The resources, the wisdom, the direction, everything you need. And you know what? If he doesn't provide something, it is safe to assume that you don't need it. Sometimes he's sparing us of uh, something that would be too hard, too difficult, or unnecessary. So be willing to let things go. We don't have to do it all. But you do need to know two things, two things, when it comes to God giving you everything you need. Okay, you ready for these? Number one, it's not going to come without asking and seeking. James 1 verses 5 to 8 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he 
does. And I have been the most unstable when I've prayed and asked God for wisdom, but I really didn't believe that he was going to give it to me. And I started like going on these crazy um, chases, trying to figure things out on my own instead of waiting on him. That doesn't mean we don't research and we don't look things, uh, look into things and dig deeper for you know, whatever it is we might be looking for, but know when to stop. Know when you're getting stressed. Know when it's enough and shut it off and trust that God can bring you whatever he wants to bring you, whatever is good for you. So number one, it's not gonna come, this wisdom and everything you need from God is not gonna come without asking and seeking. Be in prayer. Ask God. Remember what I said earlier? Who knows your kids better than he does? He's the creator. He knows them better than we do. So why wouldn't we go to him and say, Lord, what do you have for this kid? I can't tell you how many times I've done that over the last 24 years, and he has been so faithful. The thing is, you guys, I have gone to him with things that I thought, oh, the answer is gonna be complicated. This is gonna be so hard. I gotta be ready for this. I gotta brace myself for it. And every single time, the answer that God gave me was so simple, or even better than that, he just took care of it. He just took care of it. I can give you an example with our son, Jake, who is about to turn 25. He was a horrible speller, all right? And I was homeschooling several kids at the time, probably at least five or six. I I knew I was at my limit. I, I was in a good spot. I had a good groove. But the thought of adding another curriculum or another thing to our day overwhelmed me. And when I thought about how he would respond to a spelling curriculum or extra, you know, work involving his spelling, um, it really, I just knew in my gut that this was not going to work. So I felt stuck. And so I asked God, I was like, Lord, I don't know what to do with this kid. He, he is, his spelling is atrocious. He's, he was right around 11 or 12. And I thought it was about time for that to improve, right? And it just didn't seem to be improving. So I just prayed about it. I said, Lord, I need you to just bring something along. I need you to just take care of this. You know, basically I was asking for a miracle. (laughs) And what happened was so interesting. I noticed that Jake started to do something with his fingers on the... um, on the side of his, uh, you know, he'd have his hands down to his side and he'd be in a conversation and he'd be doing something with his fingers. And I asked him one time, I said, what are you doing, bud? He goes, well, I learned the alphabet in sign language um, because he had been watching, uh, you know, his sister's video on learning sign language. And he happened to pick up on the alphabet. That isn't even something he was studying. He just happened to be in the room. This is the other beautiful thing about homeschooling is our kids a lot of times will absorb things just being around what our other kids are are learning and it's 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 fabulous but anyway so he said he had learned the alphabet and he was choosing words out of uh, sentences in conversations that he was having and spelling them with his fingers and his spelling began to dramatically improve and i just thought i would have never thought of it but you know what um, our our other sons, when we were talking about this story later on, years down the road, they explained it to me because I didn't even realize at the time what was happening. Jake was the kind of kid, and this is a lot of this is true a lot with boys. He needs more than one thing going on at a time in order for him to learn well. So he learned best doing something with his hands 
while he was having a conversation. And in that, somehow in that process, the connectors connected and his spelling got so much better. And that's just one example of many where I prayed and asked the Lord for something, you know, because you pray and you're thinking, I'm just, I'm inadequate. You're having those feelings of being inadequate, and you, but taking it to the Lord and asking him, what do we do here? How do we handle this? Can you just bring it to me? Can you just help me with this? And he is so faithful. So back to the two things when it comes to uh, God giving you everything you need. It's not going to come without asking and seeking. And number two, it's not going to be front loaded. In other words, it's like grace. Grace, you don't get grace before you need it. You get it when you need it. Um, If you've ever experienced grief or a difficult time, as a Christian, hopefully you've had this experience where there's just an, uh, an amazing amount of grace to walk through what it is that you need to walk through. But it's true with homeschooling too. God's gonna give us what we need for today. So if you're homeschooling a third grader right now, you don't need to worry about homeschooling a fifth grader or a ninth grader or a 12th grader. You just focus on enjoying homeschooling your third grader. Enjoy that season, that moment, that time with that particular child because they grow and they and they they grow up and they leave and and this time with them is so so precious. So the grace isn't going to be front loaded. You're going to get it as you need it. But I can tell you that never for one nanosecond are we ever doing this alone. God is with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He is the one who qualifies us. We're gonna go ahead and pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you so much that you don't call the qualified because none of us feels qualified, Lord that you qualify the called. Thank you for calling us to this great privilege of homeschooling our kids, Lord. We're so grateful. We're so thankful that you have allowed us to do this, Lord. There's so many places in the world where families cannot or are, are dealing with great resistance to homeschooling their kids. God, may we be firm in our stand to keep our rights to homeschool, to understand that we have the right and the responsibility to make these decisions for our kids. And thank you that we can trust you to give us the wisdom that we need in order to do this, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 